Hello and welcome to the No Holes Barred Witchcraft podcast. And have we got a treat for all of you, minus one. Chris, why is that? Why, why, minus, why one. minus one? Why is one person not getting a treat? Why is one person getting a trick rather than a treat? Do you know? Probably because we were asked to do something and they're not going to like the outcome. Right. But surely that's not going to be a trick if someone asks asks us to do something and we think about it, say, hmm, not so sure. Are you really sure you want us to go out of our way to do this? And they say yes. And we do it. Surely that's not a trick, is it? Surely that's a treat. Well, not if they don't like the answers. Oh. Do you want to do a reveal then? Do you want to reveal what we will be doing today? Some people will know by the title, no doubt, but some people are slow and don't quite <laughs> work for the title. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing today, Mr. Chris? Have you got your face? We're, we're going to be somewhat fousty um, and somewhat supportive, perhaps. Um, but it's too late in some ways, because the damage is already done, it's gone to print, there's there's not, <laughs> there's a lot, not a lot much else people can do about it. Right. So what we'll be doing today is we'll be reviewing a book. Now we have, I know I've done book reviews before that didn't go down very well because the authors and their fans often don't like my book reviews because they're too constructive, Chris, I think. <laughs> or is it destructive? I always get those too confused. <laughs> critical, I think, might be the case. Critical. I can be a little bit overly critical, apparently. Now, we were asked, I'm not going to say begged, I'm going to say asked, point blank to do a book review a while ago right um and it had thoth in the title the book in question we read the book it was terrible and we thought there's not we couldn't possibly say anything or do anything that would be in any way shape or form nice right and then someone else came along they wanted us to review their podcast very similar uh, <laughs> issue we had now a third person's come along and they've emailed and specifically asked can we do a book review of their book and now we've what is it a case of we've caved in Chris is that what you'd call it um I think there's a potential learning curve there that right. maybe it's happened three times now so we probably should comment about the concept Mm. of asking two very opinionated witches um, to <laughs> review anything that belongs to them publicly when they have to make an income from it. Mm. So I think taking the risk of not doing their research on us mm. before they actually ask us to do these things because a lot of the times these come from their publishing agents and their um, publicity people. 
And surely yeah. you would hope that they don't just put witchcraft into a search engine um, and kind of hope that the te- the top 20 people that they find will send emails to them. Well, they don't. The intern, but maybe they do. <laughs> the intern that works for the publishing company does. Although in this case, I believe the email actually came from... Oh, no, it came from Info at JH Publications. So... Yeah. Yeah, it did come from the publishing company again. Anyway, the book we will be attempting to review today is called The Way of the Green Witch, a comprehensive guide to green witchcraft, herbal magic, magical teas with a K, uh, and brews, rituals, and spellcasting by Heather Blackthorne. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to point two things out to start and be really rude to begin with. Yes. One, The Green Witch is an established book. So to then claim that this is (laughs) The Way of the Green Witch suggests it's some kind of sequel. The Way way of the Green Witch, a comprehensive guide to green witchcraft. So the way of the Green Witch, I'm presuming, let's give them the benefit of the doubt, Chris. We can't be too overly harsh right at the fucking beginning because we've yeah, we both can. read the book. No, we've both read the book. We know what's to come. I'm sure people that have listened to reviews before know what's to come. Let's not be overly critical. In fact, let's do something unprecedented. Let's be overly nice. Okay, We're going to be overly nice with this one. Please be overly nice. Don't be as thirsty. I don't think I can be, Liam. This is my problem. I had to hold back on sending an email to her be- afterwards because I was really struggling with how I was going to put it nicely that you can call anything a comprehensive guide that's only 200 pages long when half of them are blank. I'm just... Ooh, okay, sorry. I don't Calm know. Down. Right, right. Let's, let's, we'll start at the very beginning of the book. We have both read all of the book. It was a a month or so ago that we read it all. But the definition of comprehensive, including or dealing with all or nearly all elements or aspects of something. Now, it does kind of allude in this book that it's about green witchcraft, but that green witchcraft essentially is about the earth being a magical place and you recognizing the signs of nature being able to use nature now one could say that it is a definitive guide surely if all the book says is well there is no real definition of green witchcraft it's something that someone kind of made up it just means working with nature and shit is that not the definitive guide of all you need to know anything goes chris no morality ethics no yes right wrong there's no specific rituals need to do this isn't like the correct this is how catholic mass gets done because if it ain't a catholic mass not really fucking catholic is it that kind of thing is not specific it is a free-for-all now you could not say that it's it is definitive guide to green witchcraft if it's a definitive guide then i would be worried about anybody that calls themselves a green witch that's all i'm saying is to yeah. use terms like definitive or comprehensive, you're already setting yourself up to a pretty big mark. Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, even <laughs> even 
uh, Agrippa doesn't call it a com comprehensive guide to anything. Um, you know, it just says in the title, there are three books of it. <laughs> One, two, three. Yeah. You know, and that you're expecting in those three books that you'll probably cover a lot of things. Um, but I just, I just yeah. think from the beginning, this person has set themselves up to fail on the basis that they're covering so much ground. Like it's not even just a comprehensive guide to green witchcraft. It's then gone as far to say and herbal magic and protective teas and brews and rituals and spell casting is all apparently covered in 200 pages. But to be fair, it does speak a little bit about this is the witch's personal tradition or some sort of hereditary tradition, I believe. Uh, she reckons there is. Mm. Um, but there is not like the Wiccan traditions or the fairy tradition or anything like that in that it's not rigid and such. I believe the purpose is the book of the book primarily is to make money. I think the secondary purpose of the book is to put out information that makes it easier for beginners to start practicing some form of green style witchcraft. I'm presuming that is the case. We haven't spoken to the author. Um, so let's crack on, shall we? So we can start with the introduction, but the introduction's not that exciting. But part one is the basics of green witchcraft, principles of green witchcraft. The concept of witchcraft has existed for centuries upon centuries, perhaps since the beginning of time, the word witch probably conjures up images of fair maidens or old crones who use cunning and magical abilities to wreak havoc on their neighbourhood. As it turns out, your opinion about witches is not only wrong, but also dated. Is she talking to us? Is she talking to the reader or is she talking to the person that's, that thinks that, you know, they think about fair maidens and old crown and crones wreaking havoc on neighbourhoods? What is What do you think she means? Yeah. I, I think it's written out the general concept. Right. And, and I th I kind of take this book in the same way that I kind of take a lot of the new books by trad witches yeah where they're kind of like um trying to separate themselves from wicca so i kind of get this kind of vibe of oh we're not that we're not that over there and mm -hmm. i think that's where i struggle because when i then read what they're selling you they're selling you that repackaged that thing they told you isn't um so this is where I struggle with it. But yes, I think what what she's trying to say is you, kind of the collective you, mm -hmm. keep talking about witchcraft wrong. Right. And then what obviously you... she goes on to try and explain herself. And do remember, Liam, we can't read it verbatim. So, you know, let's be careful how much of it we, uh, how many excerpts we read of it. Well, we can read bits. <clears throat> Witchcraft is both practice and lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, so the green witch is the one who has an ongoing and never-ending relationship with the earth. And the earth, in turn, has a relationship with her. She calls on nature for guidance and relies on its strength for healing. Right? No, the, re the reason I'm saying careful is because 
legally you can only copy 10%. And this ain't a very big book. Right. Okay. So I'd have to stop on page 10. Is that what you're saying? Basically, if we got as far as reading solidly page 10, we'd have to stop. Um, so, yeah, I just... There are ways in which she addresses it. I'm I'm fine with that. What I don't feel happens in the whole book is I don't feel like she shared her practice. Like I got I got the feeling that she wanted to, and like either either there isn't enough of it, or she wasn't able to express it well enough. I don't know. I'm trying to be nice about it and assume that this is um, not deliberate you know that that mm -hmm. it's a we are being nice i feel yeah. like she, i feel like if this is the limit of what she knows bearing in mind it's used the word and i'm going back to the word comprehensive mm. says that we should know by the end of it the overview of everything that she knows and you know unless this was compartmentalized into a series of 10 books and that's the plan therefore you have to buy all 10 books to get the comprehensive knowledge, um, then, yeah, I'm kind of, okay. But there is that part of... Then, wouldn't it? They volume one. You know, rather than comprehensive guide. Let's, let's start. What would you consider green witchcraft to be? Let's look at it through your lens. <sighs> Okay, Green Witchcraft to me would have to fit in book one of the three books of occult philosophy and right. be about natural magic. Right. So in order to be comprehensive, oh. you would have to cover the entire world of natural magics. So mm -hmm. in order to do that, that's how you work with nature, mm -hmm. um, four cardinal um, elements, what that means to actually explore those in their entirety, not just in the fire hot, um, but actually give some kind of background into how you would interpret those cardinal spirits and their their elements that they dwell within. And in order to and without going through the concept of fucking fairies mm. um, running running all these elemental spaces. Um, so you would kind of have to get through all of that and then be talking about to a level that needs to be where what that means on an astral space how do you how do you approach the natural world through the astral space how do you approach the um natural world through um your practice like is it very much low magic and is all about correspondence or are we talking about that actually you can manipulate nature without actually cutting pieces of her off? So do you know what I mean? Like I would want to get how far do you go in this kind of natural world? Um, whereas I feel what tends to happen, and I kind of can't separate green witchcraft from Wiccan, uh, Wicca is mainly because it seems to have that limit of, Green well, witch means the same as kitchen witch, or seems to be all about worshiping and, and holding nature in great high regard, the natural know, world, with 
saying and making a big distinction between you are part of nature but you're living your nature wrong even though you are a natural creature because you're plastic in the ocean and that and it's kind of like yeah hmm reminds me of the golf course the rabbits breed too much and they also dig up the golf course and such and with that you kind of think it was natural for the rabbits to read breed but is it also natural for the farmer to get his uh gun and go and shoot a load of rabbits to call a bunch of them off some would say that's natural some would say it's not natural i find it very idealistic i have to say all of this nature going back to nature living in the forest but actually living in a city type thing um that seems to me to be this kind of green witchcraft style what people like mm -hmm. and i find that there are people that like to embrace being sensible with regards to recycling and um renewable energies and all that kind of stuff but then there's people that like to embrace the lifestyle but cause harm like the sort of people that leave plastic ribbons in trees and that you know they embrace the lifestyle the message but they do it in a way that's completely opposite to what they are saying that they believe in um but anyway so green witchcraft through time now i think to be honest the term green witch is, is a new one so i don't think that you can as the author is kind of insinuating that um in ancient times there were green witches the practice of green witchcraft finds its roots in men and women who acted as shamans herbalists healers and midwives and such what i think is that witchcraft in general you could say so i can stretch it saying well witchcraft in general is not a very old word not a very old yeah. term the ancient world would have seen magical practitioners in a very, very, very wide varieties. So wide, I'm not even entirely sure in a lot of cultures they would have said, been as generic as magic. I think it's only when we've got more secular or maybe more monotheistic, you potentially might have that with the, this is miracle, this is God, that's magic, that's superstition and evil. You know, that's where I kind of feel on that one. I think from an archetypal perspective, we've put out a lot of comment on this yeah. um, in terms of the history of witchcraft magic. And that I want to skip this entire chapter, if I'm honest with you. Well, I, I just want to say I even struggle with the word shaman on that front. Mm -hmm. I know we've talked about other things, but, you know, there is we have a tendency to liken the word to shaman a lot. And actually, even the word shaman would have been probably not what they were called um so it's a word we now have and we have from very many different languages but even the word shaman wouldn't necessarily have been used or herbalist you know or um or even necessarily midwife it would have been probably healer um a, you know a wise woman or man like do you know what i mean like it would focus on that is the person with knowledge mm -hmm. not what they performed and I think mm -hmm. that's that's where the biggest difference would be. But so it does go on to talk a little bit about green witchcraft 
it's going to focus more, I think, on the book with healing and that sort of thing. So it does say, um, in the world today, most med uh, medicines that are administered to sick people target uh, the symptoms of the disease rather than the, the actual disease itself, blah, blah, blah. Interesting in the last part of it, it says your obligation as a ob your obligation as a green witch extends beyond that of conventional medicine because your relationship with nature you have access to certain information and resources that you can use to heal both yourself blah 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 others that sort of thing um you must also understand that the more healing you provide to the creatures of nature around you the more healing you receive and that's not entirely true is it um i don't think that Okay, so do I know a kind of kooky lady who feeds hedgehogs, looks after hedgehogs, and the hedgehogs come back for more, but they don't provide much other than in the form of comfort in terms of she feels like she's got a pet. They, there isn't a really a lot that's going on. There's this idea you have, like in Christianity and stuff, if you give to the church that God, Jesus, and that will reward you by making your life better and stuff, but there's numerous people that would tell you that that's not necessarily the case i think is a bit more cause and effect i don't like the idea that people tend to push about you have to be really nice and really nice things happen because it kind of insinuates that only nice things happen to nice people and the bad things happen to bad people i think cause and effect is a little bit more the reality of the situation if you go around bullying people and being horrible to people they are not going to look out for you but at the same time, how many people that are really sweet and nice get conned out of their entire life savings by a fake prince from Dubai, right? And they're people that are wanting to help others. You know, they wear their hearts on their sleeves and stuff. I think I don't like that kind of concept. I think it a little bit woo-woo-y. Um, what I will say on that point, though, is less... I think what they, what they misinterpret is that once you kind of choose that modality of healing i find there are lots of people who then start to get sick when they are not healing yeah because their magic is only kind of programmed to do one thing um after too long at the point where if you're not sharing that healing energy with others to use it up it then starts to turn on you um and i think some people kind of feel like oh, well, once you've chosen this path, like you're stuck on it. Well, actually, if you'd have been better at having a wider base of skills and not just throwing all your eggs in one basket, you wouldn't be tied to that mm. one modality. Yeah. So next section is all about connection with nature because it's apparently it's important to be able to read and interpret and think with, I suppose, the signs and symbols of nature, being able to read it, interact with it. And it gives examples of things you might want to use as ways to communicate with nature or the, watch how nature communicates with you. One is, I'll just read the titles. First one is the elements, that so goes into detail about that. Then it's animals, then plants and flowers, then seasons and weather, then stars, moon, sun, then crystals, minerals and earth. One thing I would say is the first one is is elements. It does refer to 
elements as let's say uh, da, da, da. components that make up the universe so air earth fire water and spirit okay one important thing that it says is the spirit element is different from the four physical elements and cannot be measured by the same standards as them that it looks like something straight out of one of those 90s um books that Llewellyn would have published that was copy and pasted or copied from people that didn't really fully understand what the fuck they were talking about because I mean we we jump on the wick and bandwagon and kind of bash a lot of them but that's mainly because of books that this sort of person is probably copy and pasted from and I do think that this was apparently supposed to be some sort of knowledge passed down maybe it was knowledge passed down from the mum and dad maybe they've got the knowledge from the wiccan books in the 80s and 90s i don't know but i can tell you that it is not the sort of thing that you would find in more older texts like agrippa's four elements there right and it's not stuff that you would really find in traditional wicca either maybe a later edition of wicca this whole spirit thing this whole thing that there's the physical elements and then there's spirit because we don't understand what's beyond the physical realm beyond the veil when in reality the most important thing that we need to think about is that we are human we are viewing everything through a human lens and whilst we're viewing through a human lens we're trying to look through that human lens but look through another lens that is not human so as humans we have a human lens but we can't get rid of that human lens a lot of the time therefore you're trying to look for another lens and it gets very very complicated and what that seems to me i would say is very important with dealing with elements and such and any sort of structure is that you're trying to structure the universe on an energetic level and one of the elegant simple ways of doing that which is in many cultures is let's just go with this elemental thing how can we break things down as simple as possible oh look there's a sky airy oh look there's physical is ground is quite solid oh there's liquidy stuff there's fire hotty stuff you know that kind of thing it makes sense but the level of detail i'm sorry it just screams copy and paste and not even from a book this feels copy and paste and i'm going to go as far as saying from a shitty pathos kind of bog blog mm. Um, I would rather read Pathios than read some of what's in the sections in here um, where it just doesn't feel like there's any there's any personality to it, which I know is a strange word to use. But like when you're writing something because you're passionate about it, mm. it's impossible not to to give some of that over. Um, when you're talking about it and when you're kind of bringing those things forward. Um, like I say, it was, it's an interesting one. And like I said, I don't understand how someone could write a book like this on remarkably little. Well, don't you think it was written by an AI? Not what you well, said, I, reading it. I did, I did wonder whether or not this has been an AI that's built this from a, from um but the only thing about that that doesn't carry is if you ever get right to the end and actually get to um her bibliography and ref like kind of references there's only six books on it 
Um, do you mean someone's written in, in a comprehensive guide to green witchcraft, but they've only got their knowledge from what six books? Six books, and not a single one of them is written before 2017. Are there any herbals or anything like that, or is it literally the Llewellyn type stuff? No, they don't. They're not even as good as Llewellyn. Oh, bloody hell! There's there's a <laughs> there's a there's an amethyst range one on there, um, and obviously the one that I'm saying is being plagiarized here, which is the Green Witch. Um, so you kind of like you've even written at the end of your book that the book that you most likely pulled this from um, is one of the six references. Um, if anything, this this book is only a marketing strategy to sell more copies of The Green Witch, in my right. opinion. I I don't know about that. Right. So we're basically <laughs> we're pretty much at the end of the regular edition of this. You know, we'll go on in extra time on the Patreon and we'll fully go through the rest of the book. Um, one thing that's important is that I think this book is terrible. I don't think that you should buy it nor do I think that you should get it for free. I think that the most important uh, commodity in life is time. And I think if you read this book, you won't be getting that time back. I think it's terrible, absolutely terrible. I'm actually going to go a stage further, Liam, and I'm mm -hmm. going to say, and you're going to laugh at this, I'm going to say rather than buy this book, buy... The Magical Herbs Compendium by Cunningham. Oh my gosh, you're recommending you to learn more. Then that's saying something. That's it for this edition of the No Holds Barred Witchcraft podcast. Right, so the next part it says, Are you considered a green witch? Okay. And then again, you said for copyright, I can't read too much. So it will just I'll just put this. Green witches are those who feel a connection with others through their relationship with Mother Earth. They cherish every blade of grass, every dewdrop on a leaf, and every candle lit by the moon and stars. This sounds like worship of nature. It sounds like a religion, even though it says that it's not a religion. This sounds like a religion. Now, I'm going to go out on a whim and I'm going to say here something very controversial. And I'm going to say, the more you progress through magical practice, your magical career, stronger, more knowledgeable you get, the, le the less in all you are of the universe. And the reason for that is that you go through stages of understanding something. So you don't really understand plants, for example. You see them, they're pretty. You're like, oh, yeah, nice, pretty nature is cool, isn't it? Then you go and you start to study botany. You might start to study herb, medical herbalism or something like that. You're kind of in awe for it for a bit. You're kind of like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. This is fascinating. How complicated it is. Like watching one of those documentaries on mushrooms. You never look at a mushroom the same way, right? But then yeah. what happens is you progress and eventually you get to this thing this thing they call the abyss and after you cross that thing they call the abyss everything changes because you realize that the universe in fact the entirety of creation that you were a part of before that is a speck of nothingness compared to what else is out there and 
you're in all of nature you're in all of nature being the universe and yet that new that universe is but one tiny heart murmur possibly not even a heartbeat is a heart murmur but at that stage when you're up there i use up because that's the easiest term i think that people could relate to when you're up there you would not even notice the beginning and end of that universe because it would be so quick this is the problem so in all of something is very difficult you know i yeah. think to a certain extent being in awe of something shows it's kind of like a glass ceiling whatever you are in awe of should become second nature and like nothing really when you're really progressing when you're pushing past it because you will accumulate knowledge experience and comfort with that thing anyway don't know what you make of that but <laughs> well ultimately it's like walking in to say the world library so that doesn't exist what i'm saying is if there is a world library with every book that has ever been published or written in this in this little rock we call home after realizing that you'd spent your entire lifetime only reading alice in wonderland um you know, and kind of going, oh, well, I know everything there is to know because I've, I've got this book and I know it. Um, and then kind of going, someone going, um, look behind you, there's a world library there. Mm. Um, and that is kind of the extent of what we're talking about, is that it's just a fraction of what what is available to us. Mm. If, if you were to really get on this path properly. Um, and I think books like this just really offend me mm. um one because you know as much as i do how kind of how much pressure builds up to kind of put down on in our uh, into a book what's actually going on mm. like and to actually to actually do that the, the kind of, oh, I couldn't possibly do it. And there's much better books out there than I've ever written, that sort of thing. And the pressure builds and builds. And the more books that you look for um, on a particular subject, the more you kind of like, I don't know what's even the sum of what's here. How can mm. I possibly write another book? Um, and now we're at the point that obviously, you know, there are so many books out there on, the, and on all of these subjects. And 99% of them are shit. Um, is because they're all copying one book. Or, yeah. And that's... Yeah. I, I generally, as a general rule, I say, if, if an author was to come to me and they would say, I'm thinking about writing this book, Liam, the first thing I would say is, what are you putting in the book that isn't already out there? And if the answer is nothing, or the answer is I'm kind of rephrasing things, I say, don't fucking write the book. Because this is the problem, is that all of these books are copy and paste because someone says, oh, I'm going to write my version of this. And they write their version of it. But it's basically, it's just the same fucking information. What the fuck is the point of recycling the same old information over and over again? Add to it. And guess what? This is the barrier to entry for adding to magical practice. It's so fucking low. It's so fucking low. With all the scientific discoveries and stuff like that. If someone wanted to write a green book on green witchcraft and let's just assume green witchcraft was all to do with anything that's fucking green right so green is in renewable energy or green is in 
plants or green is in that you could you could write an amazing book that has never been seen before by doing research up to date and your own experimentation and adapting and blending science and magic current science with current magic all that you could write an amazing book on that that is the sort of thing i would expect from a book like this what i don't expect which is the next section is that you need to basically one of the suggestions for if you want to be a green witch creating and keeping a witch's garden tells you you should keep a witch's garden, grow some exciting, uh, you know, plants and such, rosemary, basil, lavender, blah, 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 blah. You need to select the perfect spot. You need to choose your plants. And then you need to initiate a garden ritual, some sort of ritual to establish the garden, which I'm pretty sure you fucking don't, but there we go. And then there's various ways that you can operate i suppose you could say the garden you could garden by the moon gardening by the wax in different moons quarters blah 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 that kind of thing at no point does it really if i'm honest with you bearing in mind this is what the, the witch is essentially saying that wrote the book it would be really good for you to cement yourself firmly with a magical knowledge of plants and herbs at your disposal but i'm not going to teach you how to actually make a plant garden you know, you can Google that, you can go on YouTube, or you can go and buy a gardening book. But in the definitive guide, bearing in mind it's so important, I'm just going to put together a paragraph for each thing. That in, that in it. I mean, if you're going to do something, do something properly. And if you're thinking that it's so important, if you think, right, as an author, that it's so important that a person goes out and starts to make a little garden and let's assume they live in an apartment in the middle of a city and they don't have a fucking garden let me tell you you could spend just one chapter or the rest of that chapter instead of bullshitting and going all about a load of stuff that doesn't really teach you how to garden just teach someone how to keep three plants on their kitchen window three herbs on their kitchen window teach them how to keep them, where to get them from, that you don't get them from a fucking supermarket because they're forged and they'll die after a week or two, get them from an actual garden center and properly pot them and look after them and stuff. Teach them how to do that part, super important, because otherwise they'll start coming and saying, my rosemary plant's dead after a week. Oh, am I cursed? It's a protection, I must have been cursed. You know, that sort of shit. Teach them that and then teach them maybe how you can use those free herbs in cooking and in herbal magic and stuff like that free fucking herbs don't tell them you need a garden you could do it by the moon phases you could do it by this you could do it by that i'm sorry definitive guide but the thing is i would expect more than that liam a definitive as a guide minimum. as a minimum as a, as a definitive guide i would expect you to not only have told me all these different ways of you know working by the moon um, you know, there's a whole section that is technically talking about moon water, but never actually calls it moon water. Like, you know, it's just kind of like you're not even using terms that are established part of the language. Mm -hmm. And secondly, where's the where's the kind of reference point? Mm -hmm. You know, why is it done this way? You know, all you've said is you could do this, but you haven't told me why I should be doing it. Um all you've told me is this is one of the things you could do. Yeah. Um, you know, I we both know witches that are more than capable in a high-rise fucking um, apartment building, able to be an incredible garden witch with no garden 
and a few pots on windowsills. Um, you know, that you walk into a space like that and you know, oh shit, I'm in a I'm in a naturalist kind of level of magic here of kind of going everything in that space emanates life. Yeah. You know, and that kind of that kind of understanding isn't in this book or any of them, to be fair. I'm at this point where some of these books look like you've sold me what you told me was orange juice. And what I've actually got is a Bax flower essence. There's yeah. no actual essence of the actual language or flavor in that anymore. It's all metaphysical. Um, you know, like I feel like that's how what what I get with books like this, where they kind of go, here's the here's your orange juice that meets your five a day, <laughs> you know, kind of level of under- of what you need. Um, and actually what you've sold me is some water with the label orange on the outside. Um, is this, are you saying that this is a, uh, yes, it is a definitive guide to green witchcraft, but it's just a homeopathic version. Essentially, that's what I'm trying to say, Liam, whether or not I, I said it eloquently. As a review on Amazon for the book. This, this is the homeopathy... Um, for green witchcraft you know quality right the next section what does a green witch need some items that you need in your daily practice while connecting to the earth around you first tool you need is your hands apparently i can tell you right here and now if you want to be a green witch you don't need hands there are people that don't have hands that yeah. do manage to pull in the, the energies of nature to do their work. I don't think there are any tools that you need. I think that I don't want to nitpick because I'm assuming that they're trying to make a point. Let's say your hands are perhaps most important tool as a green witch. Blah, blah, blah. Hands are important to practice for drawing in energy and such. Well, you can do that in many different ways. You don't need to use your hands. Next uh, things that you really need, apparently plants, herbs, flowers, journals, pestle and mortar, cups, bowls, jars, wand, staffs, gizzards, scissors, and knife, knife, natural cotton, rope, candles, incense, essential oils, broom. Right. This person worships nature. Are essential oils good for the environment, Chris? <laughs> no okay maybe scratch a lot of this off the list i think what's happened is that this person's read a bunch of other shit books and they think there's always in any wiccan book a tool section and it normally has like a athame, a thame, little little dagger little dagger used for cutting little dagger used for energy work and nighty nighty cleaning stuff right and then there might be this tool that tool i need to write a tool section because there's always a tool section in it no i think you need to think more about you are a tool clearly but you are the tool <laughs> okay and thinking about how do people work by showing them and explaining them how they might work i don't like this idea of you need these tools instead i because the problem is this is what you see within a cult isn't it oh i need these tools i'm gonna go out and buy them before i do anything because the book says and i want to do the book i'm going to work for it i need to buy these tools bullshit i think that you've 
if you're studying herbal medicine, the start to start with everything you need is in your kitchen to start with, right? Mm -hmm. Depends on whether you want to go into super duper advanced stuff from a medical herbalist perspective. If you want to go into, because this is green witchcraft, remember, if you're going into the magical stuff, you can make do with what you've got. You can make do with working with rosemary without even having a fucking rosemary plant, right? You can do that. It's more difficult, probably, but it can be done. I don't like the tool. Ultimately, you should have looked at, when you're looking to write a book like that, this, you should be looking at all the other books that are on it and kind of going, okay, well, they've all done this. Yeah. So I don't need to do that. Yes. Is the right way to answer it. Is yeah. I could spend that if you're limited to those 200 pages because otherwise it gets more expensive. You then need to go, well, those 10 pages I was going to explain tools with, I could actually have a conversation about what it actually means to create sacred space. Mm. Like you could have done that whole section on garden and gone yeah. through the process of going. If you don't have a garden, start with your your culinary cupboard that's full mm. of all your herbs and spices. Then branch out to, oh, maybe I'll get a couple of plants for a windowsill. Then eventually, one day, I might eventually have a garden. But until then, I might go and get an allotment, go and share an allotment with somebody else. Like you could have a really interesting conversation over those 10, 20 pages and cover what other books haven't covered. Mm. And then I'd be like, this is the book to buy. Like, mm. or, you know, to kind of, you know, pick on the Christians for a chance, because we haven't done that today, um, is to kind of go, well, actually, it's like saying, I need to go to church to find God. Like, it is very, it is exactly the same. I can, I can worship God anywhere. But no, 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 you could need to go to the church. And it, for me, that's what that kind of Wiccan aspect of ascribing all these tools yeah. is about. It's about saying, well, you're no. not a witch unless you've got all these things. Well, they say, oh, they look down on the Christians. They say, oh, I don't need to go to church because the sky is my cathedral ceiling in that. It's like, yeah, but look at what you're doing under the sky. You're casting a circle with a fucking sword that you bought on eBay. You know, it is kind of like... Oh, come on. We can move past all this, surely. Right. Part two, magical. You'll love this bit. Magical herbs, plants and flowers. Throughout history, people have made use of magical herbs and flowers to cast spells and carry out rituals for healing, protection, blah, 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 blah. So what are we going to have? Magical herbs compendium. Starting with, this is the minimum requirement, apparently. It says here, you need the common name, the Latin name, also known as aka you need the gender of the plant you need the element you need the magical applications and you need a description of the plant so this is entirely comprised for all of the herbs in here all they have is important apparently is common name latin name any other names gender element magical applications description right that's what they're saying i haven't read one yet well i have but let's see how how it goes it's already looking bad in the this is an A5 size book by the looks of it. And each plant or herb has one A5 page. And doesn't fill it. A full page. <laughs> doesn't fill it. it doesn't. And I'm sorry, like, sorry to go on a rant again. But like, 
if you're telling me that this is your heritage and you have a you know hereditary kind of leaning into this magic why yeah. is there not a single anecdote mm. about any of these plants like why is it that all I've got is the same information I could read on, like I said before, a Pathios blog? Um, I would get more information off a Pathios blog about every single one of these. You get more on Wikipedia, right? This is the problem. If you go, right, here is lavender. If I Googled lavender or lavangela gustapala um, for the Latin name or scientific name, used scientific name probably be better than writing lavender who knows what you get on wikipedia for that lavender ladies a film you know <laughs> don't know if you're writing a compendium and bearing in mind this is basically a very big part of it is a herbal medicine book in that it's talking about herbs then it's talking about teas then it's talking about potions it's basically herbal medicine craft rather than green witchery in terms of natural magic it says something about, oh, there's moon phases, but it relates it normally to grow in a garden. A little bit to do with the sun and the moon, but it's not kind of like, okay, live in a desert, don't want to use a plant, don't want to use fuck all, don't like animals, how can I draw in the energy of the nature and such? It's like, let's go with movement. Movement's a very good one for drawing in, because depending on where you go, there's things that are moving. Movement, in order to what? literally in order for any sort of movement there's speed comparison trees move plants move do the wind carry them do the wind move them yeah but also they actually move themselves because they grow they physically move don't they just very slowly you don't tend to other than the venus flytrap don't tend to see them move animals and such just going on movement just building entire fucking magical tradition the movement witchcraft the we could make one called the movement witchcraft movement it could be a movement witchcraft which would be an entire magical movement getting people right moving back onto the right track right but anyway bearing in mind this one lavender is an a5 book lavender there's so much that could be written about it literally i will read the entire page right lavender latin name lavendula blah 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 also known as nard spike elf leaf the gender is masculine, the element is air, doesn't say why of any of those, just lists it. Magical applications, love, calming dreams, cleansing and purification, relaxation. Lavender, as the description, has a romantic smell that makes it very suitable for love magic. Keeping a vase of freshly cut lavender stalks in your bedroom can bring passion into your life. How? Whenever you feel anxious and stressed, in, inhale a lavender sachet and let the fragrance calm your nerves. It helps with good dreams and calm sleep to help the insomnia. Uh, take dried lavender flowers and burn them on a charcoal disc. Because those charcoal discs are really good for the fucking environment, aren't they? Yeah, really good for carcinogenics too. Well, um, good want to become well the, the problem is a lot of these people will go on about the environment and stuff because she did make a big thing about it like on the intro and all of that sort of thing she's gonna buy a load of shit that's gonna come on air freight right because she wants it next she wants it soon she's not gonna do this aliexpress thing where it comes on shipping freight it takes a month but you know it's gonna come on air freight it's gonna be lots of fuel and stuff like that it's probably going to be produced by slaves, these little charcoal discs. The charcoal discs are going to come. 
she's going to inhale them. It's going to be toxic. She's going to die. She's probably sign up to direct cremation. She's going to get cremated. And that's all really bad for the environment. It's all fucking really bad. It's very anti-natural, the whole thing. I know I've made some speculations in that, but you kind of get my drift. If you've got a herbal of any description, it's a modern herbal and you're writing it now, bearing in mind there are so many, there are literally probably at this point hundreds of thousands of herbals and people have access to the internet. If you go onto Wikipedia and look up the herb and you are not willing to put more information in your book on the herb, than there is on Wikipedia. And I don't mean copy and paste the whole of Wikipedia, because I've seen people do that before as well. I mean, actually put something in your book that the person goes then on Wikipedia or researches and thinks, fucking hell, I've never seen anyone talk about this before. That's fucking important. This person that's written this book has done no such thing. And the rest of that page is blank, that literally comes to halfway. It doesn't tell you why the gender is masculine. It doesn't tell you why the element is air. She's copied that from a book of correspondences, no doubt. It doesn't say how it works to calm dreams. It doesn't say keeping evasive freshly cut flower stalks in your bedroom can, can bring passion into your life. What sort of fucked up magic that can? I want to bring passion in my life. I don't want to waste money on some god-awful fucking flower that makes me smell like an old lady in the hopes that it might bring passion into my life i want some magic that's going to actually do that and i want you to tell me how that magic's going to be done so that i can actually go and do that magic so you can give me fucking instruction on how to do it it's just the same as these people that say oh yeah get a candle charge it wave your hands over it think about what you want and it does it sorry it's not enough that was a rant chris Anything it was a rant but i'm possibly going to match it with one Ooh. um which Are is you, on you know page no i'm on i'm on the chocolate page oh now i don't you don't need to be magical to know how many things you could write about chocolate it's good for expansion isn't it we get one <laughs> <laughs> we have one one well, technically two sentences but it's actually two lines um that basically says that it can be used in love spells mm. um, and it can make you feel happy, content and grounded. Like I knew that before I opened the book because I've eaten chocolate. Um, but also how many people are actually going to grow um, the cacao plant to maturity and actually harvest their own um, chocolate beans? Like, who is going to that level? Nobody. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, well, if you were going to write something interesting about oh, chocolate, right. it's not going to be its Latin name. It's going to be, what the fuck can I do with it? The only person I know that is doing that is, is it Burgess? Um, oh, I don't know who you mean. The guy that started Hotel Chocolate. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a whole island. Angus, that's it. Angus Thrill. He's literally like the closest thing to Willy Wonka that we have in this world. And yeah. he's somewhat a little bit eccentric, but he has an island with, like, they grow the cocoa beans and they make all of the chocolate from scratch and everything. Yeah. Fucking, that's magic. That's more magical than this fucking plant book. I find this stinging nettle page, Chris, is nettle, also known as stinging nettle. The gender is masculine. The element is fire. 
It is used magically for protection, exorcism, healing, and lust. You can burn nettle as an incense, apparently. It doesn't tell you why or, you know, what it smells like or anything like that. I can tell you it don't smell that great. Um, it stimulates passion and lust. If you place a vase of nettle in a sick bay, it can help promote healing, Chris. It can, but we're not <laughs> guaranteeing it. Do you think this is some sort of disclaimer, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. But the thing is, like, you know, I, how many copies of Culpepper have you seen mm. that basically, in order to fit all the information that it needs to fit in, it crams them, several plants to a page, in mm. order to actually fit them in? Like, you've not done these plants any justice by giving them a whole page not even for half of them not even putting a real picture of the plant on no. they're cooking clip arts and not even yeah. good ones um you know so you've not invested and this is a bit i struggle with if you have devoted your life like they say they have to this kind of witchcraft there is no passion in this book mm. there is no care or veneration given to the plants that it talks about. Mm. This this is this is a book written, like I said, I still think an AI wrote it. Um, you know, this is a book that I feel like even a robot would give me more information and passion about these individual things. I'm a robot and I can. Like, you know, like Yep. that because that's the thing like i got to this part we haven't even got to the spell casting part and i don't think we're going to give it any time there is a spell but, on the net we should go into extra extra time chris this is important we can teach so right. much like but that's the thing like i feel like you would get <laughs> you'd have learned more about plants in the first half an hour of this of this podcast where we didn't talk about plants at all <laughs> <laughs> than you would get from reading this book like yeah i am that angry about it when i finished reading it that i couldn't write to the woman afterwards mm. because i was just like why have you wasted my time i've lost more knowledge sitting reading this book than i actually would ever have gained reading any of the witch green witchcraft books to be fair but um you know i just for people that say, sell the idea that it's about passion and what you can actually do just with the power of thought, none of this gave any thought. Yeah. Like half of this isn't even good enough to be in Culpepper. Like no. the lines, the lines of the stuff and I, you know, me, I hate on the Culpepper all the time, but mm. you know, you would have had more use out of, you know, squeezing these all onto a page where they were literally just written tasks, which I'm starting to think, has this been pulled from one of those kind of um, thousand spells kind of books where yeah. all they do is list a correspondence for like 300 and she's just picked a handful of them and yeah. gone, you know. Um, but, you know, there is that part of me that kind of goes you would get more out of Culpepper. You'd get more out of a book written by the Royal Horticultural Society. You do. 
than you get from this book on magic because they put the folklore in. They yeah. put the kind of really niche bits about why this plant is called that. Mm. Like, but there's not there's not an aspect of it. Like you've given me the known as, but I still wouldn't know it from I wouldn't know it from dirt in order to actually to make any of these happen. You could spend that same amount of time writing if you condense this all to a table or a chart and actually gave me 10 pages talking about um, the, what you call it, uh, is, I went to call it the rule of signatures, I don't mean that. Doctrine of signatures. Doctrine of signatures. And actually told me why plants mm. are called the things that they're called. Why have they got the correspondences that they've got? Like, there is so much to be written about green witchcraft that has not been written. Yes. And none of it is in this book. Mm. None of it. I'll tell you what is in the book. On the nettle page, you can use nettle, because apparently it's used for protection, exorcism, healings and lust, but they've decided that it'd be good to use it to break a curse or reverse a hex all you need to do is create a poppet stuff it with stinging nettles and throw it in a moving body of water now if you were to do that as i've watched numerous people before and i've heard numerous people come to me the same old story which is i made a poppet i've got a poppet i put some nettles in it i named it and then i threw it in the river and fuck all happened I think it's Chris because there's a big part that's missing. The magical part. <laughs> it just shows you to get a puppet doll and stuff nettles in it. You know? And out of all of the ones, that's the one she she put it, it she didn't put like it normally puts like it can happen or it can or could stimulate passion, blah 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 blah. The whole vase thing. This one but says if want to break a curse or reverse a hex create it that's like if i was certain of anything i don't know that you know putting lavender stems in a vase might bring tranquility i'm not sure about that you know probably one of the most scientifically researched aspects of things she's put in the book is like oh that's a maybe but i tell you what will work if you get an old sock fashion it into a puppet <laughs> shove a load of sticky nails in it and throw it in the river that'll definitely work that'll break a hex or it'll undo a hex or it'll hex a person what i do want to know bearing in mind she says if you want to break a curse or reverse a hex you know you can do that i'm wondering whether it knows because i don't know who cursed me so yeah. Can I just stuff the stinging nettles in the poppet? And what constitutes a poppet? Does it have to be poppet shaped? Yeah. Can I use a Barbie doll? But then that's plastic. And if I threw that in, that would be littering, wouldn't it? If I threw that in the river. Is that good? Is that bad? Does that have to be biodegradable? I think, Liam, even throwing in a poppet made of your sock is technically littering. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just because it's biodegradable doesn't mean necessarily it could be in. And I, I bet most of them are polycottons, which means, no, that's just going to be get a fish is going to get stuck in that and die. Um, well, that's what the magical part. We need something to power this fucking spell. And that's maybe like dead magic. fishes. Like on Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Old magic. That's ancient magic. You know, ritual sacrifice shit. <laughs> but the thing is, what I'm trying to say, Liam, though, is it's not hard 
all you have to say is something as similar as you said, you even use the word, she even used the word stimulate. Now, all mm. you need to do is marry up with like how the ancients would have used this to stimulate mm. blood flow. And mm. you would have, do you know what I mean? Like okay. it is still used part of treatments to support arthritis and other other methods that require stimulation like it's mm. it's not complicated one extra sentence and you've turned that into oh i get what she's talking about now like i or understand like, where the magic is potentially being caused yeah right so part three this is the important bit chris this is what we've been missing i think thus far in the book part three is getting practical with spells rituals and more now i have a question for you before we begin we're now over time. Would you like to A, continue? It's like a choose your own adventure, by the way, which this book would have been so much better if I could choose my own adventure because I could have chosen to kill myself, <laughs> not read the book. Um, like, do you A, Chris, stop the podcast now and do a part two that's available next week? Or do you B, carry on? I, I feel like I can't give any more than 10 more minutes of this to my life. Okay. I would okay. rather spend a whole extra episode talking about what green magic could be. Oh, okay. Um, to kind of counteract what we've just done, which is basically rant about another idiot writing another idiot book. Um, I think people would learn far more from us taking an actual block of time and devoting it to one herb page. we could take an entire hour and just talk about one herb yes we won't because that's not good enough money for people i bet um, some people enjoy it but you know maybe that is a um a rant <laughs> or a uh we could call it mysteries or what, what are we what we're normally associated with rosemary we could do mysteries of rosemary we could talk about rosemary for an entire hour easily you know, maybe as well <laughs> right okay so this is the big bit the next bit getting practical with spells rituals and more um so the chapters that follow contain a broken down application of all magical herbs flowers as discussed so that's important chapter five this one is all about love love spells specifically designed to attract romance and keep it burning have existed for centuries in folk tales blah 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 let's get to something practical ah first one bath ritual for self-love is that the same as masturbation chris or am i getting that wrong See, I can't, I can't not think of masturbation when people say self-love. Yeah, it's surely it's only self-love if you're looking at yourself in the mirror whilst you're doing it now. No, I think it, if you put good effort into it, moving videos on the iPad, that's not really self-love because you're focused on, on probably more than one character. If you're doing it in the mirror, it's definitely self-love, ladies and germs. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. There are certain times you do not feel good about yourself and perhaps need a source of encouragement. The truth is, there is a higher chance of you finding love if you love yourself and carry yourself with poise, charisma and confidence. 
This bath ritual incorporates some of the magical energy of the rose flower to help you remember that you are deserving of love and that you don't need anything, anyone else before you can feel happy and loved. I, I would say that's probably the best part of the book thus far. But the old thing about if you don't love yourself, how can you expect other people to love you? Yeah, but my point is RuPaul does it every episode and you know, that I'm willing to pay to watch. Um, well, I mean, that's real magic. I mean, look at that as a transformation. This is some shit Wiccan style book. And know, I think the shit Wiccan style book, the best thing is, if the takeaway from it is you need to love yourself if you're going to expect other people to love you. But anyway. Now, now, Miriam, if you've just told me I am working with the power of the rose, yeah. why is it one of eight ingredients that are required. When surely all I need is the rose. Well, it just says bath ritual for self-love, when to use, when you feel when you need empowerment. No, Time no, you, you said this incorporates some of the magical energy of the rose flower. Did I? Yes, because you read it from the book. And the that if that is the focus point to it, why is there 18 other ingredients, including things that they wouldn't otherwise have interacted with, such as vetiver, um, which I believe only is available as an essential oil, yeah. generally speaking, um, and a tablespoon of mandrake. The amount of mandrake that's needed in this in this book alone, um, you would have to you'd have to be growing mandrakes for 20 years before you even could use this book. Talisman for fertility. Fertility does not just refer to fruitfulness when it comes to giving birth to children. It refers to fruitfulness in every area of your life, including your love life and your sex life. Does that also include cancer? If I have this this talisman for fertility, will it in, will it will the cancerous cells multiply within my body? Well, that's how we would teach it. That is how we would actually teach it. Um, interestingly enough, you need a mandrake root again. Of course you do. And that's you need some warm water as well. That's two spells back to back. Just got out of. That's two spells back to back that require mandrakes. Um, Let's get out of the love section. Oh, healing, healing. Anti-frustration sachet. Body and soul healing incense away with anxiety. I so did the, like that one. Away the with title, anxiety. anyway. Do you think she formulated that, or do you think she stole it from somewhere else? I imagine it was nicked from Pathios. Okay. I'm still convinced most of this book has been built by a, an, an AI using Pathios. I think it probably has. Cleansing and healing self. This salve is specifically for healing skin injuries. Okay. Comfrey leaf, calendula flowers, planting, and St. John's wort. But, okay, right. And extra virgin olive oil, beeswax, 20 drops of lavender essential oil, tea tree oil, and citronella. Is that 20 drops each, presumably? Vitamin E oil is optional. A saucepan. Right, so let's go through this. Using a kitchen scale. 
Uh, measure one ounce of equal, right? I'm presuming that it's supposed to be dried. It doesn't say dried, but is it dry? I don't fucking know. She doesn't say. Um, place the herbs into mason jars and pour a cup of extra virgin olive oil over the herbs, making sure that the jars full. Um, put it in the sun for three to six weeks. Well, I do hope that they're not doing it with fresh because the whole botanism thing. Yeah. Uh, and then you strain it with a cheesecloth, pour beeswax into a saucepan, melt it under a low heat. Right. So basically, that's a, oh, that's it. Basically, you can add some essential. You can, if you want the soft to last for as long as nine months, it's advisable to add a little bit of vitamin E oil. Understandable. That's a good. That's a good shout. Actually, I'd normally recommend that. Problem is, I don't see much about contraindications. I don't see much about anything with regards to the process of making. Because I think she's making an infused oil. Infused oil was a little bit more complicated potentially than that. I mean, you know, there needs to be a certain amount of heat applied. I would imagine for that to actually kind of work. I, I'm not liking this. I'm thinking that really, if I was to do something on a salve, how to make a salve, I would be, and this is a definitive guide bearing in mind, I would probably be actually going through the whole process and explaining out the risks. Right, what's next? You'd uh, probably also add a disclaimer in there that says this is not advised. Yeah, there would be a, a disclaimer. Oh, we've got. <laughs> protection part now on the go protection charm this pocket protection charm is one that you can carry along with you as you go with your daily business it's also a great gift idea right okay all you need is half a teaspoon of dried peppermint half a teaspoon of dried rosemary a small piece of amethyst crystal red fabric and a red cord they're basically making a charm bag crest yeah. basically put all of the ingredients in the middle of the little uh, baggy little piece of fabric, pull it up, tie a cord around it, tie nine knots while tying each one, say the words I bind protection safely in peace of mind into these herbs and a stone. They've I don't mind, they've uh, combined a, a witch's ladder with a um, with a charm bag that seems to be built on a grigri method stolen yeah. from the huju varieties but they're not they're being told what to put in the in the bag for a start and also realistically i mean what's that going to protect you against i think um, i think in all honesty moths it's not it's not going to be great reason why i say that is that i think that it would work more on placebo effect psychologically speaking i would say in that oh i've got that bag and i feel a little bit more confident but do you know what a can of mace would probably make you feel even more confident and Definitely. a fully charged phone um again the magical component is completely missing from it bear in mind this is a definitive guide and she said she was going to go through in extreme detail in big detail how the magic part's done none of that is done it's just the physical steps oh god there's a chapter on divination chris do you want a spirit guide amulet i really don't read a dream divination sachet for a die sachet here we go for a die opening sachet for a die grants a heightened sense of connection to things of the supernatural basically improving psychic development what you need fresh mud quartz sprigs 
sandalwood chips, petal and more, and a drawstring bag. Basically shoving stuff in a bag again. How many people have you met over the years that get disheartened, think, I can't be a practitioner, I'm not a witch, because I've bought the witch's Bible complete, or I've bought this book, that book, and they've just told me to do some silly ritual to hashtag get the site, or do this silly little tea or something like that, and it does fuck all, and they and they literally, they turn around and say, well, I can't be a witch, I can't do it, I can't do this psychic stuff, I tried the tea, I tried the ritual, I burnt the candle, don't do fuck all. It's, it's not good, it's not good. Right, let's crack on. Wealth and fortune, we don't need that. Well, uh, we're, all over, we're already over my 10 minutes that I was giving you, Liam, so... Well, we've got to go with the rest of the chapters. Chapter 10 is courage and empowerment. So that's saying, you know, basically spells and shit for encouragement. Um, revealing truths. This is just turning into a spell book now. The next part is mastering green witchcraft. Chapter 13, a true witch can always learn more. Bitch, you're telling me, bitch, honestly. A, a true witch can always learn more. Chapter 13 is half of an A5 page basically saying that humans humans are naturally curious and that we must continue and never stop learning. I wonder if this person ever truly started to learn. Chapter 14, how to, how to create your own recipes. You'll love this. First step, you need to believe. Use what you know. Find inspiration. Be original, Chris. <laughs> All of them be original. <laughs> I mean, is the, I, I can understand why she might not have taken her own advice, given that the AI must not have compiled the book before she wrote the book. But honestly, I mean, come on, I'm, be original. That's just disgusting, isn't it? What part of this book is original? Even the fucking title isn't original. Chapter 15, a few last words for every new witch. Uh, remember, the Green Witch's practice is not fixed in stone, even though you've literally just given loads of people correspondences. Uh, there's an email address, Chris, and there's also a glossary, and that is it, basically. Final thoughts. Would you recommend this book to a friend? I wouldn't recommend this book to a composter. Would you recommend it to someone that you dislike whose magical growth you would like to stunt? I don't think I'd even bother there. <laughs> no, because you would assign them like a proper book, like a grip and say, there you go, the answers are there. And there no you one go. Answers are there. Have a good, good, have a good whack at that. You wouldn't be a liar, would you? But you'd, at no. the same time, you'd now, you're not helping them by giving them the book. But you're safe in the knowledge that, well, actually, you didn't lie. Whereas if you gave this book and said, <laughs> I learned from witchcraft from this, it's good book, this, you wouldn't be able to live with yourself, would you? No. No. Right. I think that's it, everyone, for this edition of the No Horse Witch Bard Witchcraft Podcast. I don't think we were too nasty. We tried our best to put our points across. I suppose goodbye and good luck. <laughs> Light and dark blessings be with you. That's nice, isn't it? 